Hey everyone, so today's episode is a fun one. It's an interview, in a way. It's not an athlete, per se. It's a good friend of mine. It's a really fun episode. We talk about a lot of big news in sports and uh, debate a little bit, and it's a very entertaining episode. So uh, check it out, but first a quick word from our sponsors. Yo, what is up? Welcome to Ambitious. My name is Dylan Price, and today's episode is a fun one. I have my friend Adam on. We're going to talk everything relevant about the sports world currently. We're going to talk some basketball. We're going to talk some football. It's going to be a fun one. Adam, how are you? I'm doing good, Dylan. How about you? I'm doing good. So kind of just going to dive right into it. Um, We are recording this on a Saturday night. It's coming out this Wednesday. Um, As we are speaking, the Suns are playing the Lakers and the most relevant thing right now is what the hell is going on in L.A. And um, we touched on this a little when we were talking together before. And they lost to the Bucks, And now they're currently losing to the Suns, who have one of the worst records in basketball. And they're not losing by a little. It's a lot. Adam, what do you think is the root of the problem right now? Um, what I think the root of the problem is, is we can go back before the trade deadline happened. With that whole situation with Anthony Davis, when LeBron was in Magic's ear about trading certain players and who he wanted to get rid of for Anthony Davis. And I think that messed up the whole teammate chemistry. Because when you're looking on the court, you can see they have no trust in each other. And it's all LeBron. One of the things I noticed, because I sat down last night, and I very rarely are the Lakers on um, national television. And most of the time, if they are, it's really late. So... Friday night, 10.30, it was feasible for me to stay up and watch it. The one thing I noticed is that there's a strong connection between LeBron and Brandon Ingram. The kind of connection they thought was going to be between him and Lonzo. With Lonzo gone, maybe my thought process, obviously as a Lakers fan, is I want want them to make the playoffs, and maybe Lonzo coming back can propel that because he's a, personally I think this, a higher caliber player than Brandon Ingram. Do you think Lonzo coming back will make a difference on the Lakers' playoff chances? Um, I I really don't think he's going to make that much of a difference. I mean, he is a pretty good player, but he's not the highest caliber as everybody's talking about. And honestly, I don't. I really don't think he makes that much of a difference on that team. But the thing with Brandon Ingram is Ingram. I was really actually pleasantly surprised how he's played the last five games since the All-Star break. He's averaging 28.6 points per game. He's being more of a aggressive scorer with Lonzo gone and maybe growing into the role of like a point guard, uh, small forward type role on the offense. And I'm not knacking on him. He's a really good scorer and him and LeBron do have a good chemistry, but Lonzo is a better passer. Lonzo is a better defender. Ingram gets kind of babied in defense and you know, you can make the case that it's just being young and a lot of the guys he goes against are veterans. But Lonzo holds his own. Lonzo held his own against James Harden, who's one of the best scorers in the league. And if Ingram couldn't do that, the impact Lonzo makes is more exponential than what Ingram brings to the table. So I do think he's going to impact them when he comes back, but maybe not as much as guys like Colin Coward, guys like Doug Gottlieb are hyping up in the media. I mean, I really don't think he's going to make that much of a difference. He's a better defender, but him and him are are not that much of a difference. Like, 
in skill wise. I really think that it's not going to make a difference, and I don't think they're making the playoffs this year. As we talked about before, they have a higher chance of getting a lottery pick than making the playoffs at this point. And with the loss of the Bucks, they really have no shot. They'd have to basically win out or at least probably win. I think they have like a three-game safety net at this point. You could lose three games, but there's still a lot of basketball left to be played. I mean, we're talking the beginning of March, and the All-Star break was two weeks ago, and you're – you can't have that safety net of only three losses. I mean, it could be more. It could be like five. But you can't feasibly say that you can lose these amount of games because you're going to play teams like the Warriors, I think, two more times. You're going to play teams like the Rockets again. You're going to play really tough playoff caliber teams. And if you can't compete with them, you don't deserve to be there at the end of the time. Yeah, I completely agree with that. And when you're losing the Suns right now, and there's no way you're going to beat – a Golden State Warriors team who has Kevin Durant, Steph Curry, Clay Thompson, and five All-Stars on that, on that starting lineup. I don't want to spend too much time talking about the Lakers, but the one thing I think is going to happen at the end of this season, I'd say it's about 90% that Luke Walton is gone. How much of the blame do you really place on Luke Walton as someone who's not a very big Laker fan, kind of on the outside looking in, and then I'll get into why I think he deserves all, just about all the blame. But I want to hear your opinion first. Um, I think Luke Walton is not to blame in this situation. It really all started, again, with the Anthony Davis situation, which I think he had no part in. It was all LeBron, James, and Magic's ear. And, it, and you can blame a little bit on Magic Johnson. I think now that Luke Walton is in this situation, how is he going to gain a locker room from LeBron James, who's a proven and arguably one of the best players that's ever played the game of basketball. And how is he supposed to tell LeBron to do that kind of stuff? So I really don't think it's his fault, and that's my take on it. So my opinion, and I've touched on this a little when it's just been the two of us, and I've touched on this um, just talking to other people, Luke does not manage his minutes right at all. (coughs) He really just – the way he manages a game plan and goes throughout a game – he can put a great starting lineup out there. Like last night against the Bucks, they were competitive with one of the best teams in the East for honestly two quarters. They kept in with them, but when after halftime came, he doesn't make the right adjustments. He doesn't have the right game plan, and he was a better assistant coach than he was a head coach. But I do think he's going to get a shot somewhere else because at the end, he's probably gone at the end of the season because LeBron's camp wants him gone. Magic wants him gone. Rob Palenka, the Lakers GM, wants him gone. The only one who wants him to stay is the owner of the Lakers, Jeannie Buss, and they've made that known. So my thought process is, say Luke goes. I heard Colin Coward say something about this. I heard Shannon Sharp say something about this. I'm saying this to you, and I think you're going to get baffled. What about Tyron Lue? What about the Cavs coach last year? What about him coming to the Lakers, and he's worked with LeBron before, and taking the reins of this team. What are your thoughts on that idea? I mean, he's he's still with the Cavaliers. Which no, he's not. He he's not. Fired. He was fired. He yeah, Larry Drew took over, and he's actually not. Obviously, it's a weak Cavs team, but he's not done a terrible job. All right, well, um, maybe they do come in, but I don't – I don't. maybe Luke Walton will be gone, but – that's your take. I don't think Lou Walton will be gone this year. I think they'll There's, give him one more shot. 
there's sources all around the league saying that it's it's done. They already are planning like unless they can miraculously make the playoffs, and I don't even think make just making the playoffs. I think they need to make a deep run for him to stay because this isn't just a LeBron problem this year. If you go back to last year, even with Randall, Ingram, um, Zoe and Kuz last year, he was still not managing the minutes the right way. So obviously we'll see how that all plays out. I'm going to change topics a little bit. So obviously NFL draft coming up. You're a big Giants fan. I want to hear your take on who, if you're in Dave Gettleman's chair, who you're taking at number six, not barring anything else in the top five, saying just everything that's projected to happen happens. Who are you taking if you're on the clock? Are, are we saying that Kyler Murray is going number one? or We're saying, honestly, I think at this point it's almost – it seems feasible like it's going to happen. I, I got a lot of reports today, and I have someone who's in the league in a sense even saying to me that it's – there's more steam that he's going to go to the Cardinals than not. So let's say he goes Cardinals, Boza goes three, or Boza goes two, Allen goes three, Williams goes four, and Jags take, um, I don't know, Jack take a different player who's not on the board. So who's your pick if you're a gentleman? Um, I would go with Dwayne Haskins out of Ohio State. I mean, we can do what the Chiefs did last well, years ago with Patrick Mahomes and Alex Smith. And we can let um, Eli ride it out for the season and have Dwayne Haskins underneath him, learning from a two-time Super Bowl champion. And we can see where it goes from there because we do need a franchise quarterback. And imagine Dwayne Haskins, Odell, and Saquon Barkley. I think that's what's going through Dave Gettleman's mind is having a good quarterback like that who is proven to be a very good quarterback at the college level come in and take over the spot in two years after Eli. So something you and I talked about, you know, and we said we weren't going to talk a lot about the draft, but something we talked about, you know, just a little bit, we dove into the other day is um, we discussed like whose combine performance is going to have the biggest impact. Honestly, they kind of just stayed stagnant, like the top three, because obviously Murray didn't participate too much. Locke didn't do anything that people didn't expect him to do. Haskins didn't do anything people didn't expect him to do. Do you still think Haskins is... I mean, we've talked about this, and you don't necessarily think Haskins is number one in this class at quarterback. Do you still put him as one of your top guys in your eyes, and how far do you think the gap is between... Well, who's just who's your top three right now, and how far do you think the gap is between them? Top three right now is Kyler Murray, Dwayne Haskins, and Drew Locke. But I really think that Kyler Murray's like exceeded the top spot in my opinion. But I think Dwayne Haskins and Drew Locke, they're very close, and for some reason, I have good feelings about Drew Locke, as I told you before in the past. So part of that is obviously I did last Wednesday my pre-combine stuff, and I'm going to look at the pro days. I'm going to look at everything. I'm going to see how Kyler performs before I do, like, my next rankings. But after the combine, after going through tape, and I'm going to look more into it tomorrow. I just didn't have a lot of time because we were busy today. But it doesn't look like a lot's changing to me. It looks like, honestly, the gaps are still where they are. I kind of piggyback off what you said. I think just with all the steam, Kyler's passed Haskins in my mind to number one. 
and how he measured in the other day. But I still think Haskins and Locke aren't that far off, like you said. I mean, Haskins does, if anything, there's some stuff that Locke does better than Haskins, and you could make a case that he is the better quarterback. But Haskins has a lot of steam because he went to Ohio State. But if you look deep into it, Ohio State quarterbacks have not fared very well at the NFL level. Cardell Jones was a guy that we all were talking about for after his big performance <clears throat> in the bowl games and everything. Where is he? I'm pretty sure he's on a practice squad somewhere, not playing NFL snaps. And that's not a knack on him. He was talented, but he was a system quarterback in Ohio State. Drew Locke displays talent that doesn't just fit in a system, and it could make a case that he's at number two. That's so, a very, very good point. So kind of shifting gears now back to um, the basketball side of things. You are a big Pelicans fan. What are your thoughts on what they do now after, say, this is the summer now and Anthony Davis is gone for whatever? Well, where do you think Anthony Davis is ultimately going to end up? Do you think it'll be Boston? Do you think it's going to be L.A.? I'll give my opinion after, but... Where do you think he's going to end up? Why? And who do you build around in New Orleans if where he ends up happens and what they get? Okay, so am I going to take what is going to happen or what I want to happen? What you think is going to happen. Not what you want is going to happen because what you would want to happen as a Pelican fan is the same thing I would want as a Laker fan. On the Lakers side, I would want them to just give up a bag of chips and a soda for Anthony Davis, and we'd all be happy in Lakerland. And in Pelicanland, you would want the whole team and then some. All right. So what I think is going to happen is we see we already saw how the Lakers situation went down, and we know what you guys are willing to offer. So I think we're going we're gonna to see what the Celtics can offer. I really think that we're going to make a deal with the Celtics for a guy like Jason Tatum and some other guys like Jalen Brown and Terry Rozier and some young guys. And when we get those guys, um, who we're going to build around, I really think we can build around a young Jason Tatum who's only in his second year here. And he can learn from Drew Holiday, who is a veteran in the league and has proven in the last couple of weeks when, when all the drama, he has played very good. I don't know the exact numbers, but he's averaging – probably above 20 points per game right now, and that's pretty good. So the one thing um, what I think is going to control all of it, and I actually talked about this with Anderson, so shouts to Anderson if you are listening to this, but um, we talked about how the cards are going to fall around the NBA for how it's going to affect everything else. So say Zion goes to the Knicks, because that seems to be how things are going to fall, because the Knicks are ready to tank. Um, Zion goes to the Knicks, and they still do sign. It's going to be how it falls, because I don't honestly think Kyrie's staying in Boston, because Kyrie has now realized where he's been like the key player. Okay, I need someone to compliment me. I can't just have Gordon Hayward and Al Horford and young guys who visibly play better when I'm not there. I need to go somewhere where I can be selfish but not face the blame somewhere like with a star, somewhere like with a big star like Kevin Durant or LeBron James. And there's been rumors Kevin Durant, Kyrie go together somewhere. To me, I see that happening 
in New York with the Knicks. So that happens. Say this is what I honestly think is going to happen this offseason is KD is going to leave Golden State. Kyrie is going to leave Boston. They're going to go to the Knicks, and Zion's going to fall where Zion goes. That's irrelevant to what I'm saying. The Boston Celtics are going to keep what they have. They're not going to go all out just to trade for one player at that point. They're going to go, all right, we don't have to worry about Kyrie anymore. Let's keep the guys we have around him and honestly see what we can do if we get a couple more shooters or a couple more deaf guys. And then that screws the Pelicans, and they're like, all right, well, what do we do? Lakers are still sitting there. LeBron still wants another star with him. That's when I think whoever the general manager is at that time calls up Magic, and they finally get a deal done. And I think it's going to be a smaller package than what they would have got at the trade deadline because I think Del Demp screwed them over by his stalemate mentality of, you know what, they want to release all this stuff. They want our guys so bad, we'll screw them. I'm going to not take whatever they offer because I think when Magic calls in July, he's going to say, well, you can get stuck with him for a year because the Celtics aren't going to give you what you want. There's not going to be a small market team that can give you as much as we have. And in the end, I think the Pelicans are going to have to take what they, the most they can get with the Lakers, which I think in the end will end up being one or two of these core guys and a decent draft capital, which is still very good for building for the future. But I think in the end, it's going to KD and what Kyrie do is going to have a direct correlation on what happens in New Orleans with Anthony Davis this summer. Okay, so you said that we're going to have to settle for some young guys. But we're talking about one of the best players in the league, a top five guy. He was a finalist for MVP last year. We're not going to get some, like, like like you said, a bag of chips and a soda for him. Someone is going to offer us a good deal, and we're going to take that deal. And it doesn't have to be from the Lakers. There are many other teams that have the players and have and can trade for AD. And um, honestly, we don't really care where he wants to go because wherever he goes, he's out of our city now and out of our, out of our franchise. So it really doesn't matter where he goes as long as we get what we want for him. See, and now we're going to debate this, I guess you're thinking irrational in that sense, because AD has been a core player to the New Orleans Pelicans for however many years it's been. Now he is a cornerstone player. You can make all the comments he wants that, you know, I'm fine playing for every team. There's a list. There's obviously a list that is sitting on the active general manager's office that says maybe five or six teams that he's comfortable getting traded to. And you're you're right. He is an absolute star in the league. But what the Pelicans want is going to come down to how they rate the Lakers players. If they really do think that getting Lonzo and Ingram and, say, three first-round picks over the course of the next three years – isn't a good enough deal, then they can call up a team like, say, the Suns and try to swing a deal to get maybe someone, I maybe like uh, Josh Jackson or... Um, Booker. Uh, huh? Or Devin Booker. Mm, hell no. They'd not be able to swing that. That would I, love, I love Devin Booker. He is such a good player and so underrated. I don't think they would swing that, but... I like the what the Suns are doing in the future, but I just think a small market team isn't going to give the um, Pelicans what they want. But it's going to be how the cards fall in the summer. It's going to be a really crazy summer around all of the NBA because you have a lot of really, really, really good talents looking for new deals in Clay Thompson. 
you're going to have KD, you're going to have Kyrie, you're going to have Jimmy Butler, among others. There's so much talent that's going to be out there this offseason. Do you have any parting thoughts before we close up? Um, I'm just going to say that Jason Tatum to the, to the Pelicans. You really think this is going to happen this summer? I really do. All right. Well, thank you very much, Adam, for taking the time to come on Ambitious. It was fun. We got to talk about a lot of sports stuff. Hopefully it was entertaining for you, the listeners. And it was a good time. And we'll talk soon, obviously. Thank you. See ya. Bye. Once again, I want to thank Adam for taking the time to come on the Ambitious Podcast. We had a lot of fun. We got to dive into some big sports news. If you like this format and you want to hear more of this, check us out on at Ambitious Podcast and leave your feedback in the comment section or DM me. Always open the DMs for feedback. Also, this Saturday, big interview. Check it out. If you want to know beforehand and get a good guess of who it is, Friday and Saturday morning, we will post guests hints on who this week's guest is it's a real fun interview and i can't wait for you guys to hear it also keep the date in mind march 17th a special ambitious episode coming march 17th keep the date in mind subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts and i'll see you here saturday for a new interview